is like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And we are here this week to talk about the taking of Deborah Logan from 2014 as we round out the month of April with our uh, small screen theme. Um, we'll talk at the end of the episode about our next theme, uh, which I currently don't recall anyways, but we'll we'll have it all set up <laughs> before we get there. Um, it's, it's actually, we have technically two weeks left of April, but the way the May falls, this is our last episode in April. So that's why we're done with this scene. But um, before we get into the taking of Deborah Logan, we like to catch up with how things have been going, uh, especially in this pandemic, and then um, see what else we've been watching since the last time we recorded. So, Corey, how's it going? You know, um, fine. Uh, yeah, nothing too exciting over here. We did um, order my favorite barbecue place in Idaho this week, so that was uh, fun. Um just trying to support our local businesses where possible. And also, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of washing dishes. <laughs> like, I feel like we're, I've, I felt like we already ate most of our meals at home, but <laughs> I'm washing so many dishes <laughs> and, you know, just everything. So whatever I've, I can I've do. I've heard other people say that. I have not had the issue. I mean, I'm doing the dishes, but I, I guess I just got used to doing dishes and so i haven't noticed like an increase although I, there has to be um i haven't noticed it so uh i i also i got um uh tijuana flats to go which is not technically a, a local business but they are a smaller chain um that they have my favorite like uh thursdays they do uh burrito or bowl day and it's like Usually it's like a ten dollar item, but you get it for like seven bucks, and um, I really like it, and I've I've been kind of wanting it, and that's usually on Friday nights uh, with my friends that we play Magic. That's we go to Tijuana Flats a lot. That's like a regular dinner location for us. I would say at least twice a month we we meet up there, eat dinner, and then go play Magic. And we obviously haven't been able to do that for a month, so uh, they they've started they've been doing curbside um, for quite a bit, but I haven't taken advantage of it. So it's been almost a month since my last time at Tijuana Flats. So. Uh, I was having a little bit of a rough day in the morning. Um, that helped. And then I kind of sunk back into a little bit of a rough day right now, even like I, I, oh, no. I'm mustering the energy to do this, but uh, it, it's, you know, sometimes it's just like, uh, there's, I'm just spent, I guess. I don't know. I had a, a bit of an emotional day today. Um, our school, because all of the senior activities were canceled, basically, like we have no prom, we have no grad bash. Um, graduation was going to happen at some point. We just don't know when yet. And uh, like my, my principal is insistent that no matter what, we'll have a ceremony for the senior class. But I am very close with my uh, film seniors. I've had them all for uh, we had more, but we're down to 15 people. But I've had all 15 for basically four years. I think there's one who um, I've only had for three of her four years, but she's in three of my classes this year. So like I, I'm, these are all kids I'm very, very close with. And uh, I was make their last day for work and stuff uh, is next Friday. We, we're giving them a couple of weeks early um, digitally. Uh, like, so they will, they'll have like time to make up stuff. 
so I was typing up my lesson for them for next week, and um, it just kind of sunk in that like our whole fourth quarter together was taken from us, and it like it it broke me for a minute, and so um, it, it was a little tough. But uh, you know, I I mean a lot of the them I will stay in touch with in some capacity. You know, social media is a thing. It, it's it's never easy to say goodbye, but like the realization that. Um, I'm having to say goodbye from a distance and we won't get to have at least not the immediacy that we normally would at this time of year. Like I usually, I have a lot of traditions. Um, I give them, uh, I write, I handwrite my seniors like a, a goodbye note. That's usually um, I try to at least include some detail to indicate that like, I know who they are. And it's not just a, a person who's gone through my classes for four years. Um, you know, and I'll like in the past I've done different things every year. I've done like movie quotes as part of the letter and things like that. Um, try to pick like a movie I know that they like and find like a quote that I think is meaningful for our connection or whatever. And so like, I won't be able to do that in the same way. Um, you know, it's just a lot of little, little things that are just not happening. And obviously there are people going through a lot worse than that. It's just, this is, you know, I, I'm trying to be aware that everybody deals with their own problems, regardless of what everyone else is going through. So, you know, like there's a lot of heat towards celebrities complaining right now. And I think that's ridiculous. I'm like, sure they have stuff it doesn't mean they're not un unhappy right now like and they have a right to feel unhappy like regardless of what Everyone's their life circumstances are has been affected and no one is doing what they would normally do so right. oh man have a so, little yeah. grace for people even the celebs and yeah everyone is gonna feel something from this and so you know, mine uh, is I've I've been all over the place this week. I've had some really good days. I've had some really bad days. Um, today again was like a super roller coaster of a day. Uh, I, was, I I started to like how it it was initially kind of emotional was uh, because they've lost all their stuff. My principal um, had yard signs made for all of the seniors, right? Oh. Like um, they, it has class of twenty twenty and then their name on it and then our high school logo and stuff and. Um, uh, so that they can put them in their front yard. So like, you know, people will at least know that, Hey, there's a senior here kind of thing. And um, so that we were going to distribute them today. And that of course is an obstacle. Cause how do you pass things out in a time when you're not allowed to gather? How do you do it when you have 400 seniors? How do you get them well, all to get their signs? Well, we, we did it. So um, okay. it's, it's a really cool story. And that's the cool part. Uh, we were going to have it like on campus and like divided into four little sections. And like, you would just drive up and they would hand you your sign or whatever. And then uh, our amazing um, staff uh, came up with this idea um, to use our football field and put them in the in the field, like like oh. their yard signs, um, and space them out. And not we still we had a limit; we could only let ten people in at a time, and they could come and get their sign and stuff. And um, I, I didn't uh, help distribute or anything today. Um, I did go up there. I had I took I took some pictures of the field, and then um, I. Uh, I am in charge of pictures. And one of the things that every senior class does is take a senior class picture, right? With like the whole class together. And we call it a panoramic. It's a giant photo. Um, and we got them in a week before the pandemic hit. So a lot of seniors didn't get to pick them up yet. So I brought those up to the, to the field so seniors could get their sign and get their pano if they bought one. Um, and so I had a, a coworker um, who helped sell the panos and stuff, uh, volunteer agreed to pass them out she was already planning on being up there i guess today and so um i have other obligations i'm not always able to sit in a place like that and it was 
for me, it was outdoors from one to seven. And that's, that's a lot of outside. Um, not going to lie, not in my wheelhouse. Uh, I'm, I'm still adjusting to my, uh, hour long run slash walks. So, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so like that started the day with like kind of in the fields and then got into the fields more, um, later on with the, uh, writing the, the lesson plan, the last lesson plan for my senior class of film students. Uh, so it, it's, it's been a day, but I'm here to talk movies. So hopefully that will, it usually makes me feel a little better, but, um, on that note, Corey, what have you been watching since the last time we recorded? <laughs> I'm the worst. I'm the worst. So oh. I told you that I've been playing Stardew Valley. Uh-huh. That's all I do now. Um, oh. You know, uh, I already have like 33 hours clocked on the game. I need to get a life. <laughs> yeah, I have been watching um, King of the Hill. Oh. Um, I couldn't remember where I left off, so I think I restarted, or I, like, started again in, like, season 12, 11, or something, um, and rewatched a few episodes I had already seen, but, um, yeah, I'm almost done with that, but that's, that's really it. I, um, I've, I've been playing Animal Crossing, um, and, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn quite a bit, um, and that... Some I kind of feel like sometimes I need games over movies. Um, movies sometimes have felt, I mean, they are work. I guess like you know, doing this is is not a job in the sense that we don't make a lot of money or anything doing the podcast. But um, it it does it feels like it's it's a job in my head uh, whether or not it pays. You know, it's something that I'm committed to doing. I like doing just like I like teaching, but it's still a job. Um, and so sometimes watching a movie doesn't feel relaxing. And mm-hmm. choosing a movie sometimes feels overwhelming for me um, because there's just so many and like I want to see all of them. But at the same time, like sometimes I really feel like I want to watch that one and I'm not in the mood to watch it. You know what I mean? Like it, I, I would be fine with just throwing it on, but I don't want to not give it 100 percent of my attention, but I don't feel like giving it 100 percent of my attention, you know? Like my attention doesn't feel focused. It feels like I need to do a bunch of things all at once. And um, there are movies that I can watch like that, but sometimes I, I don't. It's just like it ends up being rewatches a lot of times, or I don't give it uh, a full watch, and that happens frequently. Um, and we're, I'm also currently uh, technically in the virtual Tribeca Film Festival right now. Um, there's like twenty something movies they gave us uh, feature length and a bunch of shorts. I'm not doing the shorts um no offense to the short films i'm sure they're great i just it's really hard to write a long enough review to make it worth my time to watch all of them mm-hmm. and worse is a lot of times people who do shorts uh or not people who do them the like the reviews don't go anywhere because nobody can watch most of those shorts um oh. you know at least not yet because if they're in festivals they're usually not putting them up for free anywhere and uh, because they're at festivals, most people can't see them except for other festival goers or other critics. And so it, it doesn't help the site. It helps the short film and it could help the filmmaker uh, get you know more people to see their, their films if they have good ratings. And I appreciate that. And I will watch some uh, on, on occasion, but it is, it is hard to write a long enough review for a short. So, um, but I've watched a couple of t- Tribeca films that I'll mention. Um, in this order, I watched a documentary called Hydration, which I think I had started 
when we recorded last or something. I don't remember for sure, but it's um about this uh festival that Pharrell Williams started last year at um Virginia Beach uh called the Something in the Water Festival. This is big music festival he brought to his hometown, and it's a it's it feels like it's in direct uh response to the Fire Festival <laughs> documentaries because one, it's called Hydration, um, and two, this one actually goes off pretty much without a hitch uh there's a few little problems but um it, it's it's not a bad documentary and it's very noble what pharrell's doing but a lot of it does feel like you know self-congratulating and more the documentary feels like it was hoping for like drama and then none of it ever happens there's all these moments in the doc that are that never really get resolved or have any real function outside of like the like they introduce this person and you're like ooh this could be where it, it leads into the drama of this festival because they they open up just talking about like some race issues that that have happened in Virginia and um in this area specifically and they they haven't allowed for anything this big because there were like shootings and stabbings at other events on the beach and so like the city's been really negative about it. And like nothing happens, everything just works. And so it was kind of, it was just like, okay, well then if you don't have like, and I want to end I'm not saying there should be drama in a documentary, but the filmmaker clearly kept thinking they had their angle on the story and then it would dissolve and they were left with a trying to start again. And then when it ended, they just had a bunch of beginnings with no real substance to follow. Um, and it's it's like okay it's not again it's not a bad documentary it's just like eh. and they they use a lot of weird stylized stuff that felt more like a music video at weird times it, I I don't know it's it's not good it's not bad um I've definitely seen worse uh I watched a really interesting movie though called Twelve Hour Shift that is uh it's like a horror uh, not a horror like a thriller crime comedy like it's a dark comedy for sure um. It's very entertaining, uh, pretty well acted. Then I watched Taking of Deborah Logan, which we'll talk about momentarily. Um, I finally caught up with Paddleton. It's a film I'd wanted to watch when it came out on Netflix, but it stars um, Ray Romano and Mark Duplass, and I'm a big fan of the Duplass um, brothers, Jay and Mark. Um, oh, maybe not a big fan. I like a lot of the stuff they've done. Um, and I I really like this movie. Um, I It was one I did throw on and kind of watched in the background while I was doing other stuff. But uh, it was I was aware of it enough, and I was involved in enough. And Ray Romano and Duplass have really cool chemistry. It's it's uh I put it on thinking it was a straight comedy, and it's more of a dramedy for sure. And it deals with some very heavy topics, but it's still a very engaging film, and I found it to be entertaining. Hmm. And then um I watched two movies in the same day for the Bampocalypse Now podcast that Matt and I are doing um. Uh, we watched Escape from New York, the John Carpenter film from 1981 with Kurt Russell. Um, and uh, I liked it, but I didn't love it. And I was a little surprised. I, I thought it would be more of an action film than it was. And that was a little like jarring. Um, and then Brazil is the Terry Gilliam um, film from 1985 uh, that I had no idea had Robert De Niro in it until I watched this. But um, I bought the uh, Criterion Blu-ray a couple years ago. When, when you know when it was one of the sales during the summer or whatever and i've been meaning to get to it for some time and um finally did for this uh podcast and um liked it uh it's got some really uh, stunning visuals at times uh it's a little hard to follow um with some of the plot elements but it's it's one of those films i'm glad to finally check off my list uh it, it is um roger ebert is one of its only negative reviews on rotten tomatoes which is it's like a two out of four which is his 
you know, it's a m- middle movie for him. And I kind of agree. Um, there's some really great stuff in it. And if it works for you, I could see it being like a masterpiece. And then if it's not quite grabbing you, like it, it didn't really for Matt or myself. Um, it's not bad. Just, you know, like, yeah, seen better, seen better stuff. Um, and then uh, I, I started rewatching Community. Like, because that's, a, a, I like sitcoms in the background. Like, sitcoms are my comfort, like, viewing. Um, I really need to buy Friends because it's not on a streaming service right now. And it will be with HBO Max. But I, Friends is, like, such a comfort show for me. And not having easy access to it is kind of starting to realize I need to, I need to watch some Friends episodes. But um, I do have How I Met Your Mother, though. I might have to throw that on. But uh, Community's been great. I, I love that show so much. And it's, um it's so funny. I, I, if you haven't seen it and I feel like a lot of people, and I don't mean you listeners, if you've not seen community, it's on Netflix now, all six seasons. In fact, which the last season was on Yahoo TV, a short lived TV streaming service that most people don't know existed. Uh, mm. uh, it, it is. And if you're a fan of Rick and Morty, I don't really like to throw that out there, but um, it is written uh, by Dan Harmon, who is the writer and creator of Rick and Morty. So, um, you know, if you're into it, I say give it a go. Especially if you are listening to this podcast, um, it's for you because uh, there's a film character, well, a film obsessed character on that show who brings a lot of film stuff to it. Have you ever seen it before? No, I have it added to oh. it's somewhere else too. I thought uh, it was on Hulu for a while, but Hulu, uh, you know, commercials where Netflix, oh no my commercials. God. Yeah, let's talk about Hulu for a minute. What are they doing? Did Netflix secretly buy them out? Have you seen the new layout? I hate it. Um, I didn't notice the change, to be honest. It's just like Netflix. It makes it overwhelming. Hmm. I don't know. Bill's like, oh, I thought you were watching Netflix. I'm like, nope, this is the Hulu. I don't know. Yeah, no, I guess I haven't noticed that. Um... So I think I might have had it on my Hulu. I had it somewhere on the list. Yeah, it's. Uh, I definitely say watch it. It's great. I've. I, this is actually my third or fourth time going back to Community. I am a big fan. I think I own the first four seasons, um, which I wanted to buy because they they released like a box set not long ago. But I already have the first four, so it feels kind of dumb buying it again. But I hate um, when they do that because it takes so much less room. Yeah, well, I, yeah, mine are kind of condensed now anyways, but mm. it does still take less room. But, um, that's it. That's what I've been watching. Uh, and, well, you know, one last thing. I, I've been watching uh, Dave. It's the new series on FX about um, the rapper known as Little Dicky, uh, who I've now become quite a fan of. In fact, uh, I can't stress enough how good the show is. The downside is... It is very risky um, to recommend because it is it is not appropriate a lot of the time. Um, they push boundaries on network that I've not seen other shows push for network TV. Uh, I'm watching it's it's FX and Hulu have got that deal now where like it immediately comes up on Hulu as, as well. And oh, yeah. um, so that's I've been watching it on Hulu. It's through nine episodes. I'm guessing we're getting 10 episodes because this last one uh, I just watched today feels like it's leading to the end. Um, but it, man, it is, there's some, 
oh man i can't even like go into why some episodes are not okay as far as like i don't want my name attached to the recommendation if someone watches it kind of thing <laughs> but uh it is it's very funny but it's also really really smart and it it they are they it's also stupid like it's stupid funny but it's also really intelligent and they they deal with some very serious issues in some very mature ways ways that like it keeps shocking me how they handle things and in like the best ways. Like, I'm just like, wow, I would never have expected this show to be the one that I think handles mental health better than any other show I've ever seen. Like, um, it, it's really impressive. And again, if you haven't listened to little Dicky as a rapper, if you like rap music at all, I also think he's quite, quite good. Um, all right. You ready to, uh, to transition Corey? Yeah. All right, well, folks, we'll be right back after this ad, and then we will get into our review of The Taking of Deborah Logan. All right, so The Taking of Deborah Logan, let's go into the stats. Uh, it's from 2014. We watched this on Shudder, uh, not sponsored by Shudder, but we, we recommend them if you are a horror fan. Um, that's why Corey uh, got us into it, right? Yes. So um, the movie is directed by Adam Robitel, who uh, also directed Escape Room, which I liked. And then I did not see Insidious The Last Key, but I've heard bad things. Um, it stars Jill Larson, Anne Ramsey, Michelle Eng. So feels like, I guess it stars Deborah first, but it, M- Michelle Eng feels like our protagonist. So, so um, Brett Gentile or genital? <laughs> Gentile. Um, Jeremy DeCarlos, Ryan Catrona, and Tanya Bloodsworth, which is pushing it because she's barely in it. But um, an elderly woman battling Alzheimer's disease agrees to let a film crew document her condition, but what they discover is something far more sinister going on. Corey, you picked this movie. What made you pick it? Um, so my great-grandmother had Alzheimer's, uh, and I just was really intrigued by... Okay the premise of this movie and i just kept hearing 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 about it i i feel like i've been hearing about it so much like recently that i didn't realize that this movie came out in 2014 hmm. um yeah but i think it might be one of the newer additions to shutter and shutter has like recently expanded their like library a lot hmm. um so that's cool but yeah that you know, and I, I don't know. I'm always on the lookout for good horror films because most of them are not good, even though it's my favorite genre. Um, and if I can like weasel them into, our, you know, this anyway, mm-hmm. challenge accepted. So, did you know it was going to be like a found footage slash documentary style film when we went into it? I didn't. I didn't. Um, I didn't really know what to expect. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, the images on IMDb are very creepy and don't resemble Alzheimer's at all. Um, as they, the character takes on some some strong physical deformities uh, that at least I don't associate with Alzheimer's based on my minimal experience with the uh, the disease. But um, I knew nothing about this movie other than it was a weird name. And Anne Ramsey is in uh, a league of their own, which I'm a big fan of. Um, She's like the first base Helen uh, character, but um, 
I, I was surprised that it was found footage. Uh, I am, man, I, I really like the Blair Witch Project. And Same. I have seen a lot of the found footage attempts after the Blair Witch Project. So I'm very critical of them as well because I, I feel like I've seen many of them. I don't know. If I, I wanted to be bold and say all for a second, but uh, I didn't know this one existed. So I hadn't seen it until now. But like I've seen Chronicle and, uh, you know, oh, Cloverfield. Um, Project Almanac is a found footage film. Uh, there's a couple other ones that I can't think of now, but I've seen I've seen a lot. Uh, the new Blair Witch, which they went back to the found oh, footage style. Um, you know, uh, man, there's, I think um, Bobcat Goldthwait did a, uh, I think his Bigfoot movie was found footage style, which I saw. Um, you know, I've, I've dabbled with this, with this style of filmmaking. And for the most part, it is usually a mistake. Um, few movies have pulled it off well. There was one recently that pulled it off really well. I feel like using... Trollhunter is really good. Yeah, I don't know much about the different, uh, you know, jobs on films, but I feel like it's to make up for a lack of something. Like, I don't know. Um, Do you have to have less, like, editors and less, you know, like, I don't know. Well, it depends on the project. So that's where, like, Chronicle failed real hard with the with the, the format because they have sequences that utilize way too many cameras that don't make any sense um man what was the one i just saw that i thought was actually really well done it's gonna drive me nuts man i'm gonna have to go through my uh my diary here but um it, it can uh it, like so blair witch used two cameras um and they, they justified the two cameras in the process of the documentary um like in them making it what doesn't totally make sense is that somebody found if it's found footage and someone finds two cameras like oh you know what we could do we could edit this together in a seemingly you know linear timeline and it's like ah maybe maybe you would do that but probably not um (laughs) we're not asking questions (laughs) but so like that kind of thing happens a lot and it, it does it it calls into question some of the uh the process but um Oh, record. That's the one. I just watched it for. Uh, oh, fans. I want to see that. That one's really well done because it it's, it justifies the premise of the filming because the it's a news reporter and she's constantly oh, saying, "Don't turn the camera off. Don't turn Jennifer the camera off." Carpenter. For what, Rick? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure she is the main character from Dexter. No, that yeah. is the American remake of that film called Quarantine. Um, Shiitake wh- Mushroom. Sorry, guys. Yeah, Wreck is a Spanish film, uh, the original. And yeah, uh, Quarantine is a complete shot-for-shot uh, shot type remake. Maybe not shot-for-shot, shot, but a remake of Wreck. Uh, it has a much worse rating overall. And I, it does have The Girl from Dexter in it, which I didn't know they were the same movie until we were in, like halfway through recording Wreck. I've not seen Quarantine, but uh, I've seen Wreck. Um, and... Uh, but yeah, that one again, really, really well done. It makes sense why you're doing found footage. This one, it, it technically makes sense. It just it gets, you know, it gets hairy at times with like why they're using they're using like uh, security camera type footage that they're installing mm. to capture things. But it, it's yeah, I don't know. It doesn't always work. Well, it's not I'm... horribly done. Oh well, I feel like we're gonna have different ratings on this movie. Um. I uh, appreciated that it wasn't all, like, shaky cam. Like, let's give the viewers nausea. Yeah, and it shouldn't because they're filming a documentary and it's not, like, 
the shaky cam in Blair Witch doesn't happen until they start getting harassed in the movie. Here, that it's it's a different series of harassment, so it's not bad. Um, I I don't I it's if I'm sounding already negative, I didn't dislike the movie. Where I really had issues with it though is all of the scares and all of the 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 soundtrack didn't match the the uh, found footage style because the sounds seemed to be non-diegetic, meaning they weren't from the world that the characters were in. They were for our benefit to scare us, to jar us. And it's like, well, hold up. If this is supposed to be found footage, I shouldn't have sound effects that are clearly on top, that are not part of the, the world of the film. They are they are used in other movies to to shock you, to get the jump scare that the act wouldn't have got if not for the loud sound. And that was really upsetting for me. I was just like, this, that's stupid. Like, it's like, oh you didn't God, trust. I See, I, I, I think it contradicts the whole format because you can't add layers of sound on top of a found footage film. I it's not that, a found footage film anymore. You think about things way more intellectually than I do. I'm just like in it. I'm in it. And I was like, I remember like turning to Bill and I was like, I love the score. And he's like, have you ever thought about, like, you know, watching horror movies without the scores? Because then you, there there would be no reaction. Or I can't remember exactly what he said, but I was like, yeah, you're right. But I, I love this. It sounded good, and it had me. But I wasn't thinking about it the way that you were thinking about it. Blair Witch has no score. Because you know why? Was for it's me. found footage. <laughs> like, but, I mean, this technically isn't found footage. I don't know. Yes, it is. Well, found footage. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, because at the end, it's implied that things went. You know, like yes. Word. Okay. Oh, well, okay. Well, sorry. Wait, hold on. Time out. Time out. Time out. I guess we can't say that yet. So, um, I I I, I, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. Um, I I I didn't find it to be very scary. And the, the few times that I, and again, a horror movie doesn't have to be scary. Um, it it felt. I don't know. It felt a little long and it's only 90 minutes to me. So like that's, that's usually like I was like, OK, all right. OK, next scene, please. Next scene. All right. Fine. Um, I don't know. I, I I wasn't I was not into it. And like the mystery elements that come in were a little intriguing, but it, it felt. I don't know, man. It felt like it was just like, hey, this doesn't really work. How about we change the story? Okay, why not? And it was just like, hey, here's this mystery that's thrown in. I don't know. It felt it felt not great. It didn't feel bad. It just didn't oh, feel great. Um, no. And there was a really cool visual that I'll talk about in spoilers <gasps> towards the end of the movie. But uh, that was creepy, I will say, for sure. But it felt, again, more like a creepypasta YouTube internet thing than it did like an awesome movie that I was watching, you know? Um, but uh, you, you were clearly into this. So you say your positive things and we'll move into spoilers. Um, I think that a, I haven't seen all the horror movies in the world. Um, but I thought that this one, the story was really different. Um, even just using like Alzheimer's to, uh, get the story started and you know, why everyone is there. I thought was, interesting i liked the story a lot i did like the score a lot i um thought they did a really 
I don't know. I again, I was really appreciated appreciative that it wasn't like shaky Camelot because I think there were quite a few times that it could have just been shaky, 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 shaky. Um, I I felt like it was kind of a smart horror movie. I mean, it's not like us, but you know. Ah, uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I can see that. Um, I don't think it's. I don't know. There's some things that I felt were. Man, there's a lot I felt was kind of cheesy. I'm just um, here for the story. Well, I, I got I have a fun story, but I, I want to wait till spoilers to tell it. Uh, it's a real life story connected to this movie, and maybe why. Oh. Um, it's not why I didn't want and have a good time watching it, but it did freak me out enough that when I went to leave, uh, I I I wait for spoilers. Um, with that, Corey. Guys, from here on out, we're going to talk about taking a Deborah Logan in great detail. You have been warned. All right, so here's the deal. This movie deals with a lot of snakes. Yeah. Right? Um, and it's I don't like snakes normally really? anyways. Yeah, I'm not a fan of reptiles in general. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, uh, they freak me out. I, I don't trust them. Um, you know, there's a lot. I mean, to be fair, there's a lot of poisonous reptiles. Oh, yeah. Like, so many. And um, I was just... just laughing because i just hope my husband knows how lucky he is because he loves reptiles and he's yes. had reptiles for years and i just that's why i was laughing not yeah no and again i don't um like i i find some of them to be very cool and interesting i don't know that i could ever like hold one or touch one but uh i don't i don't love snakes right and um so I have to leave after watching this movie to go pick my wife up from work because she closed that night and I go to leave and I'm not a fan of any reptile, but, and technically I'm also not a fan of amphibians because frogs are not technically reptiles, but I don't love tree frogs and we get them here a lot and they're, they're gross looking and they're unpredictable. They hop in directions that you just don't expect them to hop. Right. So I go to leave and there's one like, assassin's creed hanging on my my stereo like looking at me like he's like his head is to the side i'm like okay that's that's a really big tree frog i don't trust him so i i crack the door open and i like toss the water bottle not at him in his direction to get him to hop away which he did i'm like great so i look out and he's hopped onto my truck which is fine because i'm driving my wife's car but what I notice is not only was there this giant frog, but there is a snake. Holy hell. Between me and the car. And I'm like, and it's not a big snake. It's a very small snake. It's like six inches, like stretched out. It's not big, but it's a snake, Corey, in my driveway. <laughs> color and I'm was like, it? black. Um, oh, so I, I'm, it was either from what I've done my research. Uh, it was either a black racer, but a baby, mm. or more likely it was a ring snake um, mm. because of the size. Now, so it's it's not on my stairs. It's it's down a ways. And I close the door. I'm like, OK, OK, I have to leave. I have to go get my wife like right now. But there's a snake. Now, it's it's in a way where I can go around the truck and not have to interact with it. But I'm still like my wife doesn't like snakes. So I'm like, if I if it's there when we get back, she's going to freak out. So I walk away to get a hanger because I'm thinking I can maybe maybe I can be like, you know, Steve Irwin and like 
Oh, no. Push it, right? So I come back to this, the door like a minute later, not even, and it's gone. Oh. So I'm like, okay, that's kind of worse because now I don't know where the snake is. Um, so I go, I'm like, all right, I'm just, I'm just going to have to go. I'm just going to have to go. So I go to start to leave. It is now on the steps. And I can't get out of the life of frog. (laughs) No, the frog was now past it. The frog was like, the frog was avoiding the snake. And I honestly, I think the frog could have ate the snake because it was a big frog. Like, um, he was like on my, my door on the truck at this point. And the snake is on the stairs, which I almost didn't see. So I, I was like about to step down, saw him there. I was like, Oh, Oh my God. And by luck. Oh, so I had a hanger in my hand though. So I went to like tap on the, the step where he was, cause he's on like the bottom step, like to tap on the step with the hanger hanger shatters this cheap plastic hanger. Like I tapped on the step, it shatters. I'm like, well, that, that didn't help me at all. Where I lucked out, <laughs> my wife had redone uh, the yard and she had like these like yard flag things, you know, like they're decorative little flags that are in the yard. She had pulled two of them out and they were sitting inside and they were like a giant long hook on a pole. I'm like, all right, I'm going to wrangle a snake. So I, I was able to get the snake without hurting it. I, I'm not trying to hurt the snake. Cause that's not, the th- I'm not like that. I'm afraid of it, but I don't want to kill it. You know, I just want it to leave me the hell alone. That's it. You know? So I push the snake enough that he slides down. I'm terrified cause he's moving. I'm like, Oh God. But he goes <laughs> down the stairs and then I, you know, with the stick still like pointed at him to like keep the distance. That's also my way of like measuring. Like he, he has to get past the stick to get to me. Um, not that he is even trying to get to me. I still don't know what he was doing, but um, I, I then I got in the car left and like, I had debated the whole way home whether or not to tell Kathy about the snake. Cause I don't want her to freak out before we get there. Cause I'm like, I don't know where it's going to be. And so like, finally I caved I'm like, look, I got to tell you, cause I don't know what, you, I don't want to get there and there be a snake. So um, there was a snake and I tell you the whole story. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. But well, like, so the thing is, I haven't seen a snake in our driveway in years, like knock on wood. Um, and so like the, we watched this movie and then there's one in the, I was like too much. That's too much. That's too much <laughs> connection. Cause this movie deals with the snakes show up and then like the, she throws up the snakes and like, it, you know, there's like the, the murderer guy was like into snakes. I don't know. Like, that's where I feel a lot of it just feels like half-butt storytelling. Like, ah, yeah, he's into snakes. Why? Uh, demons. What? Yeah, he possesses people. Like, what are you, what? Like, you know, and I get the whole empty vessel concept that's they're going for with Alzheimer's, and that's why she was an easy target, because that's that's been done. I've heard it before. I mean, even X-Men. In fact, this guy was in one of the X-Men movies. They do that in the X-Men trilogy, the original trilogy. Okay. Um, uh, Adam Robitel, the uh, director, he was in like uh, he had a small part acting in the first X Men movie. Oh, it's in his credits, like it's in his top four. Um, he was I didn't know guy really... online. Oh, God, he Big looks role, like a you know. baby. Uh, maybe he was baby online. I don't know, but um, no, he's older than me. He's born in seventy eight, which means he's older than you, this twenty year old. But um, yes. Uh, so again, um, the scariest part to me or the creepiest part was her eating the kid like a snake. Yeah. 
kind of like her mouth and like the the kids in her in her mouth like her the whole heads in her mouth and it's creepy and it's gross but i thought they did a really good job with that too it did it looked it looked pretty good it looked like i don't want to say real but it looked like i would imagine it doesn't really make sense to me like like because you're possessed you can now you know disconnect your jaw and become well, a, he's snake. a demon like, they do whatever they want yeah, yes, but he's still in a human body. Can that yeah. like can the... John just stop dismantling it? Stop. It's, it's hard. And does is she does she survive like Deborah at the end of that? I can't um, remember. Yeah, they it, there was like all this like news footage of uh her being deemed mentally incompetent to stand trial for all of these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, killing or all the things that she did. Um yeah, I, I kind, I, I like the, I like how the story's set up though that it's this girl coming and working on her, whatever for her doctorate or, I could never, I, I don't even know why people want to be doctors. It's so much work, but um, obviously, <laughs> um, and then, you know, like just kind of getting into the situation that you have no idea what's coming, and I mean. Alzheimer's can already be unpredictable. It can be unsafe, you know, sometimes to be around people with that. And then, I don't know. I think that it's so easy, like, in this movie for everybody to write off so many things until they start looking back at the footage and everything that, oh, it's just her Alzheimer's. It's just her Alzheimer's. I mean, if a demon was going to do that, I feel like that's a great, you know, because... How long will you get away with that before? Um, I just thought that they did a good job with the atmosphere. I did think that the movie was creepy. Um, Even like when they're up in the attic looking for stuff and then they find, was it a head? They find the whole body, right? Like, uh... So that didn't make sense to me because they were kind of slinging it around like it was weightless. It was, well, it's like... uh dismembered halfway well oh. i don't know i think it's just like deteriorate or not what's the word oh um, fair decomposed decayed okay um and that was the important like this is what was left of the body um from the the murderer guy because apparently uh sarah who is played by ann ramsey was going to be his victim his last victim to fulfill the ritual and they killed him um I don't know. A lot of that just felt so tacked on to me. Like, it doesn't feel like it's, or like, I did, I liked Sarah. I thought Sarah was an interesting character. I thought the performance from Anne Ramsey was really solid. Um, I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of, like, gross out stuff that surprised me in this movie. Like, when Deborah, like, rips the, the stuff, like, her skin off her arm. At one point. I can't and handle I, stuff like that. Yeah, that, that yeah, the throat thing, that, that was like, ah, too much. And I, that's, that's what it's going for. So I'm not criticizing that. That's it, it got the reaction for me. It was definitely wanting. It did feel out of nowhere. Oh, that's to me. A lot of it feels like out of nowhere. Um, I, I guess, I don't know. It, it just, I am, I am not a huge horror fan. Like I, I don't dislike horror and I, I do. I, I can't really even like nail down what works for me with horror films. Sometimes it just, I, it might even be more with me my mood like that i'm in if if i want to be scared and um i am definitely one of those people who like i i go into things like this anticipating being scared like i'm okay with being afraid of stuff i'm not one of those people that have to be like oh it doesn't scare me scream at everything either though 
Yeah, well, yeah, like, I mean, I love going to the haunted houses because I allow myself to be scared at those, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I don't know, and I don't expect every horror film to be, like, serious. I And I like some some schlocky horror. Like, I'm not always, I don't always need them to be, uh, you know, in, intellectual or stimulating. But whatever it was, whether it's the, uh, you know amount of stuff that we've been watching or the uh the the mood that i'm just kind of in and um in general like the state of mind uh i i didn't vibe with this and i i kind of felt like the the people that were supposed to be i feel like we're supposed to be rooting for the film crew because that's like they're the we're with this movie only because of the film crew but i do think sarah's more of the protagonist but because she is not a part of the film crew we're not always with her so she feels more like a, a side character um and but i didn't find mia to be very compelling as a character like i didn't want her to die or anything like that but i was just like i don't i don't really i felt care. like for her to be so smart obviously she was also kind of dumb because i just want you to know if i ever went anywhere and anything even started to happen like this i would be gone so fast I yeah like which but, I mean I, I guess like the, we say that about a lot of horror movies I mean you could even like Sydney and and Scream right like as as much as we want to say she's smart she makes a lot of dumb choices in the beginning of the movie um so I I guess we have to always make those concessions which is a, a, a criticism I've heard about horror films though is that you <laughs> they're so contrived that even the character actions have to be contrived in order for it to work you probably have a bad premise if like if your characters have to do things that don't make sense not reacting in a moment where you can see why someone might make the wrong choice that's different than consistently making bad choices because like she has many times where she could check out yeah yeah she could have walked away dozens of times well even like um i think it's her camera guy he's out yeah he's leaving so we have three crew it's mia um i think I'm assuming Gavin is the the one camera guy and Lewis is the other camera guy or editor. I think he's supposed to be the editor, but he ends up being camera because Gavin quits or whatever. Yeah, because I remember her like, why weren't you editing when he was or why were you at something? She was giving him heck. Well, and like, so the premise, the reason why Deborah even agrees to being filmed is that they're giving them grant money to like help pay the bills, I guess, like, um, which I don't know if that's a thing. I, I mean, I guess you could, if you're doing a documentary on someone, you might be giving them money. And I'm sure there's tons of grants for things like this. So, and since this documentary is about Alzheimer's and she's trying to be a doctor, it, it definitely, that probably adds up. It did feel like it's, a, it's an area of the world I know nothing about though. And it felt like it was just, they, they gave it to you as exposition as just like, yes, accept this. This is the way things work. And you're like, I'm like, I guess. Okay. Um, but he does like the camera guys they film deborah weird like you know it doesn't feel like like, even when they start putting the security cameras it doesn't feel like there was ever like any conversation about that they're just having these cameras put in these different places and then there's like this the the weird like the supernatural stuff we exhibit with deborah early like her like suddenly on the countertop it's creepy but there's no real but there's no explanation as to why the character would do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, why did she stand on the countertop? Like, if you're, oh, she's possessed. Okay. 
So the demon possessed her and was like, all right, watch this. Stand on the counter now. Which, again, tons of horror movies have done stupid Ugh. crap like that. But it is like, okay, um, when the window was suddenly open, that one, that was creepier to me yes her on the countertop and then like nail her nailing it i can't remember if she got her hand or something i don't think she did uh i was afraid of that though because she was holding that hammer and i was like don't approach the the scary lady with the hammer like that's like i understand that somebody needs to approach her preferably her daughter but um like we've already seen that she can be violent and we can already see that she's unpredictable Mm -hmm. and ooh, when she just like shows up like in the room that I think they were going to close the window or something. And then they turned and she was just there. Um, yeah. So I can totally see what you're saying about it, about all but, the things. And again, though, like if you're having a good time when you're watching the movie, you're, you're probably not nitpicking those things. I wasn't having a good time. And I don't know what triggered that. If it was, uh, the found footage thing. Cause again, I do get a little critical of it. Um, and I, I do, I think for the most part, this one does work with the found footage. I, it's, it has a few too many cameras and like, cause it, it jumps to his iPhone a couple of times because the camera guy's like filming her like incognito and whatnot. Um, I, I, so she, there were a few things in the story that I really liked because um, like that, she owns this house. Didn't she become a widow very young? And then she's uh, raising Sarah on her own. So she decides to open up a switchboard in her house. And yeah. I thought that that was cool. And then, I mean, I couldn't have that. I couldn't do that as a job because I don't want to know everyone's secrets, which they, I don't want to know things about people in their personal life. Um, and she, they mentioned that. And um, just, I, I, I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting. And then um, that it, it ends up that she killed him because uh, she's like this petite, very proper lady. You know, Sarah keeps telling everyone to tell her thank you, say thank you, say thank you um, and stuff like that. So uh, and that she's friends with that neighbor who uh, that's how we end up finding out that she killed that doctor. Um, and when he's trying to smother her with the pillow. Yeah. As like all of his motions in that room were just nuts, and then when she's kidnapping the little girl, so creepy, and they're just like standing in front of the wall or something. Her and Which, the girl. So, like that, that kind of leads me to a question, though. See, we have access to footage that we shouldn't have access to because that is That's fair when he's in the room with her, like, see, that's, that's the thing when I, my, it's not that I get why they end up having to do it, but that's where I question the, the, the format. If you can't tell your whole story from one camera perspective or maybe two visually, then you probably shouldn't be going found footage. Like that's, it's really hard to sell it consistently. And that to me, if you can't sell it the whole movie, then you shouldn't do it. And it's not to say don't make the movie, just don't do found footage. Just film it like a normal movie. You can film a movie about people making a movie and not have it consistently through their camera. That's been done and it works way better when you can ha- cuz then it makes sense when we have shots that we shouldn't have. Um it's and again, sometimes they work really well. I think Rec works really really well, especially because of the the premise that they're a news reporter 
who have found themselves capturing a government conspiracy, they're going to keep recording. It makes perfect sense that they're, the camera's always going. And when the, and it also makes sense when they're made to turn it off at times and when they lie about it being off or on. That worked really well. Blair Witch worked really well. When you hear noises at 3 a.m. and you're hunting a myth, you're going to turn the camera on. You, you just are because, one, you're, you're, you're there to get get this and two you're terrified you want evidence if somebody's out there like it always makes sense and they don't feel the need to have some cutaway camera because they're the story they're telling is centered through that and this does that at moments but then it breaks away and it uses extra cameras and it makes it makes it where like okay how do they get access to the hospital security camera footage and do they have security camera footage in a hospital room i can't remember for sure what camera we're looking at when he tries to suffocate her but it wouldn't it, make sense to be a documentary camera i couldn't remember i thought that the guy had put a camera in her uh hospital room but i can't remember but then oh go ahead i i feel like that would violate some type of privacy HIPAA, act or, like everything yeah, like, yeah. um, um. But then, like, when they're – I can't remember where they are in the hospital, if it's the basement or something, Deborah Logan and the girl. Um, that, I think – oh, go ahead. No, I was just – like, when they were standing in front of the elevator kind of thing. Yes. Um, I felt like that was a security camera. Yeah, and, and it's like, okay, well, maybe how, not. They, how, how would they get all this footage? Like, they wouldn't just give this up to have it turn into a movie. Like, maybe it would be turned over to police or whatever. And again, I know we're asking for a lot, and they're, but you're already asking us to suspend disbelief that this woman with Alzheimer's is actually being possessed by a demon. And we have to suspend, like, all reality. Like, oh, well, they would just give this documentary filmmaker all the footage she needs because she's a young go-getter, and we want to help her out. You know, and I guess she does survive, but I think... Oh, I... I don't... Does, does she not? Am I wrong? I thought... I feel like everyone lives at the end. Like, uh, Sarah survives. Mia, I think, survives. And they... Because they, 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 they burn the corpse, right? Like, they get rid of the thing, and so it looks mm -hmm. like the demon's gone. But then there's the uh, illusion that Kara, the young girl, is now possessed or whatever. Because, like, her smile in the camera at the end is very creepy. And it seems Why are kids so creepy? I feel like you can add yeah. a kid to any horror movie, and it just ups... Yeah. It does. Creep factor it works by a, million. a lot. Um, movies that aren't good with like children, like Children of the Corn is not a good movie, but it's still creepy as hell because it's mm -hmm. scary kids. Um, but That's yeah, scary. again, it's not even that it's a bad movie. I'm just like I, I see what could be easy fixes. And again, a lot, my complaints about like the sound and stuff wouldn't be there if this was a regularly filmed movie because uh, those sounds i expect i expect non-diegetic sound in a film i don't want non-diegetic sound in a film that's supposed to be capturing something as it's happening because it doesn't make sense that after you, like i get we're seeing the edited version of it but at the same time it's like oh so you thought the appropriate thing to do on a because the conceit of all found footage films is that it was real right like that's what blair witch did so well is that we all we bought into it for us until the MTV Movie Awards and they yeah. showed up at the awards. We thought Walked it was real. Walked on stage. We're like, what? 
they did such a good job of of making it seem like legit like they found this footage this is like especially i don't know what year grizzly man came out but grizzly man ultimately is a documentary where they use actual found recorded audio of the people who were eaten by grizzly bears when her herzog tells the story of these people and how they got murdered by the things they were studying you know um so that exists in reality so like blair witch just borrowed that premise and it felt so real and that is a conceit i think all found footage films are trying to give even ones like cloverfield where it's like well we know you new york city wasn't destroyed it still wants you to think that it had been and this is footage that we recovered after the fact and so if you have that in mind when you're watching this movie and then you're like Okay, so this is the idea is that this woman named Deborah Logan had Alzheimer's. Mia does a documentary about it. Turns out this woman was not only did she kill a guy once, but now he was a murderer, so he deserved it, but still. And now she's possessed by a demon. We've, we captured all these crazy events. We're going to edit it together, and we're going to put sound effects on it to make it scarier. Like that. That's where I'm like, mm, that's really distasteful. Now, actually a fictional film. They have the right to do it. But again, it's like, well, if you are going to make the conceit of a found footage, you make the editor look like a jerk by putting sound effects on top of real life craziness. You know what I mean? Like if imagine watching a news report or like uh, my wife loves the cop shows. Oh, gosh. Yes. And if like all of a sudden there was like a slide whistle when a cop like slipped and fell like you like, what the hell? Like you, you can't do that. You should like, do that on YouTube. <laughs> right. So I, I guess that's where the sound really the sound probably actually threw me off and put me in like the, Oh God kind of mode. And like, I don't know. Um, it's not a bad movie. I just, I I was not in it as much as I, as you were. And I wish I was, I wish I was like really scared. I I never found it to be truly scary to me. I, I did think there was some decent atmosphere moments, but I was never like drawn into that. Um, and again, partly because I am immediately analyzing a found footage film, and looking for those errors because I've, I, I have clinically dissected these a lot. And, um, you know, Project Almanac and uh, Chronicle, two, two examples of where the stories are not bad, um, but the found footage stuff is bad. It, a lot of times they are reaching for it to make sense and it, it just doesn't. Um, again, it would have been better to just shoot it like a normal film. And that, I think maybe the case with this one i think a hybrid with this one would have worked really well where you see through their camera sometimes but we also always go back out like i can't think did you see the visit m night Shyamalan's movie yeah i liked it i did too was it oh i thought you did footage no i i liked the i liked visit. it so. um i don't like the the kid rapping uh oh that. see i thought you didn't like that movie i did like that movie but what was your question about it i can't it, i know parts of it are found footage because that's like the, she's making a movie, but I feel like other parts aren't, but I can't remember. I feel like there's parts that right. I think we have moments where we're using mm. like their cameras and we see stuff, but I also think it, it goes outside of that at times. Um, but I can't remember for sure, but like there's scenes that I'm like, there, where would there wouldn't have been a camera in that scene if it was found footage and I would have nitpicked it. So I feel like that's an example of a hybrid film where they, she's making a movie. So there's parts where we're using her camera, but there's also this like otherworldly where we're the, you know, godlike figure watching over what's happening uh, camera and um, the third person camera. And that 
I think would have worked really well in this film because we could have cut to the, for the tense moments where you want the documentary stuff. Great. But we could have still been outside the world that way. When we have those shots that don't make any sense, it, we could have filled in the gaps that way. Um, you know, I get real picky about this type of thing. And again, there, there's not one way to do a movie, obviously. Um, and I'm not just because I have these thoughts doesn't mean one might sneak by and I will love it despite the flaws. Um, I, I, I enjoyed Chronicle a lot the first couple of times I saw it. I think I saw it twice and I I've since kind of soured on it, but there's Michael B. Jordan's in it and he's great always. So, and I think it's not, is, is it, it's not Dane DeHaan. Is it, is Dane DeHaan in that? Oh, I don't know. We There's broke up. He, well, this is before that would have, you would have been, um, you would have still been on board with him at the time. Um, anyways, let's wrap this up. Uh, what are your, yeah, anything else you want to mention about he the movie? He wasn't Chronicle. Okay. That might um, be the first time I saw him. Mm, no. Oh, something older, huh? Have you not seen Chronicle? No. I'm surprised at that. Nope. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, Chronicle is the first thing I saw him in. Because he's in some movie called At Risk and then The Front, which appear to be the same movie, or at least they have the same poster. Um, and they came out the same year. What is this? Uh, and then he's in Amigo, which I've never saw, and then Chronicle 2012. And then I saw everything else that he's in no not everything else but the the place beyond the pines and lincoln i always forget he's in that metallica weird like movie thing like it's a movie concert oh he's like the main guy in that i never saw that but i wanted to see it um life after beth horrible spider-man 2 cure for wellness what movie about got you into him because you know, I don't even remember. He has a pretty small filmography, really. I feel like it was the place beyond the pines, maybe. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, I saw. I actually haven't seen a whole lot of his stuff. Um, that I loved him in Kill Your Darlings. Um, I need to watch that. I'm looking at that right now, and I gotta say, I don't know if, if you know who Griffin Newman is. But I'm a big, big fan of Griffin Newman, and uh, Daniel Radcliffe looks so much like griffin newman in this movie like i was like i'm like is that griffin and i'm like no that's daniel Radcliffe. holy crap he looks like griffin uh griffin newman um is uh the host of my favorite podcast but he was also on um the uh amazon prime original series the tick uh, which i'm a big oh. fan of and unfortunately it was canceled after two seasons but um yeah uh if, if you Google Griffin Newman and then look at the picture of um, Daniel Radcliffe and Kill Your Darlings. I mean, he's got, like, Griffin should sue. Uh, except that he was... No, because Daniel Radcliffe is Allen Ginsberg in that movie. So maybe... Oh. so he looks like... It's, oh, it's based on someone real. I didn't know. Yeah. Um. Yep. It's like the whole... It's like the beat generation in there. Um, I forget who plays Jack Kerouac. Oh, I really, I didn't know that movie was about that at all. Um, I need. Oh, to yeah, and Michael C. Hall is in it. Yep, yep. Oh, Jack Houston, I forgot it was him. I like him a lot from uh, Boardwalk Empire. So watch it. I've been telling you for years to watch that movie. 
But then he was in that horrible, was it called Life, uh, about uh, oh, James Dean. And it was so bad. Dane Han, that is. Directed by Anton Corbin. Yeah, I I I don't know. There's so many movies to watch. I, um. Anyways, let's let's wrap up the Deborah Logan talk before we get hung up on more other movies. Um. Uh, I'm gonna say not a total waste of time for my taste. I'm sorry if that's very <laughs> counter to what you're gonna say, but um, I'm a little bit torn. For me, I would say this is not quite Golden Pony Boy, but I wouldn't recommend it for most people. I don't think you can recommend most horror to most people. I mean, I think, you know, if you like horror, um, and again, our, our taste in horror seems to be kind of all over the place anyways, because, uh, we didn't like, we don't like some of the, the classics. Um, our, our, our horror, uh, taste varies from time to time. Sometimes they sync up, but a lot of times we have very different tastes overall. Um, so that's, there you have it, folks. Uh, I didn't love it. Corey liked it. My complaints, though, were more for the, the choice and style than it was for the horror itself. So just know that. Um, and, yeah, um, that's this episode. Uh, just looking at next month for May, I forgot the theme, but um, I'm kind of excited about the theme. <laughs> this month we're doing uh, something we started last year we're calling Minton Box. These are movies that we own. Uh, physical or digitally, so the box part is kind of in quotation marks, um, that we haven't seen. Uh, at least one of us haven't seen. So we bought these movies, and to be fair, we could do the whole show on just that, but we keep buying more movies. Um, because we, we both buy stuff that we want to watch, and then we don't immediately watch it. Um, and it just sits on a shelf or in my digital library collecting digital dust. Digital dust. <laughs> um, <laughs> Better than dead skin cells. Right. Uh, so um, our next episode, though, I, I uh, back, I think it's 1973, if I'm not mistaken, for that movie. Um, but we did an episode of Movie Astrology, another podcast I do with Matt from what I watch tonight, that's co.uk. And uh, I think it's 1973 that we did. Maybe it's 69. I'm looking it up now. Um, where this movie is 73. Uh, we just did that one last month, I think. And uh, The Sting was on that list and it was just like i'm like how have i not seen this because it's paul newman it's robert redford it's directed by george roy hill who did uh butch cassidy and the sundance kid with these two guys oh um and these two guys are butch cassidy and the sundance kid so uh and i'm like how have i not seen this movie and then i it comes to find out it's a 1930s uh crime movie like it's set in 1930 it's a 1973 film and i'm just like okay how have i never seen this film and also one of my favorite comedies role models makes a reference about the score from this movie at least twice because the uh the composer is uh it's not going to be on letterbox whoever is attributed with the score they they refer they refer to uh one of the characters in role models as and i'm like okay so i've heard so much about this movie and yet haven't seen it so um i bought it uh not long after we recorded and that just moved to the top of my list of boxes because i've been wanting to see it for other reasons and it fit perfectly into this category i'm not going to say the rest of my selections just yet because i am debating on two of them um 
uh, the I have three choices this month. The way the weeks have fallen uh, for the month of May for Minton Box, and I might be changing one or two of mine because there's a lot of stuff that I really want to watch, and I don't know if I'm in the mood for one of them, even well, though I've been putting this one off for a long time. Oh yeah, but uh, I'm excited for yours. Uh, I've seen both of yours this in the last <laughs> year, in fact. But sorry, no, no, I have owned the one that we will watch after the sting stop making sense for a while our uh mutual friend told me that i need to see it and uh and i concur because i was not uh very much aware of the talking heads before i watched that movie and i watched it because of that podcast i just referenced the blank check podcast with griffin and david um my my current favorite movie podcast um and they were doing the jonathan demi um film series and the uh that's one of his movies um i knew very little about it going in and then have found out since that it is considered to be like one of the greatest concert films of all time mm-hmm. and yeah i can't wait to watch it again i've actually been wanting to watch it. i've been listening to a lot of talking heads and i i didn't know this but i made my daughter listen to the talking heads a couple times and i didn't she didn't really respond like verbally when we were like driving to school before in the before time um and a couple of weeks ago we were driving she's like i've been really listening to the talking heads and i just was like that's my girl um yes uh not that i like i've known about them as like that they're a band that i was i always heard people reference but i never heard them reference what songs and i'd heard so many of their songs but never knew mm-hmm. it was the talking heads and so like this movie just kind of like oh 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 wow this band did a lot of stuff that i'm familiar with and then now i got into the killers and the strokes and you hear uh, their influence on a oh, lot yeah. of the bands that were really popular that I didn't like when I was younger that I like now. Um, not so much the Strokes, but the Killers. I I did like actively dislike the Killers. Uh, oh my God, Samstown is one of the finest albums ever made in the history of the world. I, they should have stopped with that one. I don't know. I I like some of their other stuff, but um, I haven't listened to full albums except for Samstown. I've listened to a lot of their singles on like, or not necessarily singles. I listened to their top rated songs on YouTube mm. Music. Yeah. Um, but I listened to Sam Sound all the way through uh, from beginning to end. Um, really like that album too. But uh, and, um, but yeah, it, it was more like it wasn't even necessarily them. I was just my image of being like a metalhead was was important to me as a te- like high school or college. We kid, used so. to butt heads about music real bad. Yeah, I still don't always enjoy what you like, but there are yeah. some stuff now. Um, yeah, I still think some of the bands you make up on the fly, but it's really <laughs> I'm going to start tagging you on so many things. Real band. Real band. But, uh, so, we'll hold off on what mine are, but for the first the next two episodes, we're going to be watching The Sting um, and Stop Making Sense, and we'll get into the rest of the movies as we go. Um, we'll post them once I make final decisions, because again, it's it's we're in the weirds, to quote Kamel and Emily from Kamel uh, <sighs> and Johnny and Emily. Um, we're in the weirds and I'm not always, uh, I'm not feeling, man, I really don't know if I want the heaviness of one of my choices right now. So I'm probably going to change it. Um, that's fair. And I, that's the thing. I know so much about it and that's why I have not watched it to the, to the state and why I probably will never end up watching it. I'm just like, I mean, I don't want to watch it. I know. I know. I know. It has, it also has Sam Rockwell, which is a bigger selling point to me as much as I love Tom Hanks. I am a big Sam Rockwell fan. It, it, so Green Mile is on the list, everybody, because now it's going to narrow it down pretty specifically. <laughs> but I just, I've never seen it. 
I I know it's supposed to be great. I'm sure it is. I just it just seems so heavy. Yeah, you know, no, I can. I appreciate that. And, and that's why I've avoided it because of that for as long as. And I've seen so many of the scenes from it. I know what happens. Like there's there's little mystery left for me other than just experiencing it as a whole. Which, to be fair, there have been many movies like that. I think Shawshank Redemption was one where I hadn't seen it, hadn't seen it, but I knew everything about it. I'd seen all the major scenes, but yet watching it was a different experience. And I, I totally understood why so many people love it. I don't know why it's every so many people's favorite movie, but I totally get why people love Shawshank Redemption. And I'm sure Green Mile is going to be the same. I just, I don't know if I want to watch it. Like, not right, maybe not right now. Like, I'll watch it eventually. I do own it, and that's why it's in this list, because I've had it, I bought it, like, four, five years ago when I started Burke Reviews, because I'm like, I'm going to finally watch this movie, and I just, I just kept <laughs> looking at the box, and like, it's also long, it's like three Next hours. Time. Yeah, don't do that to me. And so I'm just like, ah. Uh. So it's probably going to change. The other one is a Hitchcock film. Um, I, I think it's a Hitchcock film that I've been, uh, I, I just, I want to watch all the Hitchcock films that are good. I need to watch um, more. But I, I don't know for sure if that's what I want. Cause I have so many movies that I own that I'm like, ah. the other, the other thing is to make it fair, it has to be something Corey also has access to. And that's the other challenge with this uh, topic. Um, especially right now because it's not like we can just get movies like amazon's being really weird about what they'll ship um so if, and if it's not available uh some movies aren't free like well some many movies aren't free some movies aren't affordably available digitally or some are out of print or they're only on the criterion which means we have to sign up for criterion channel so like there's things that we have to take into consideration like Corey's other film um, which with Corey's film, she has the stop making sense, but that's on prime right now. And so we, I can watch it there. Um, and honestly, if I have to buy that one, I will, cause I've already seen it. I know it's good. Um, the sting I have, we have access to digitally, so it's okay. Uh, that's the other catch is like whatever I pick mint box. I, I got to make sure we can both watch it. So, and you, you can know, watch my other pick, right? Cause you, I actually, it. I own that on criterion too, because when we interviewed, um, was it Jamie or was it Tom? I feel like it was Jamie uh, who really recommended <clears throat> Midnight Cowboy. I could be wrong. Um, I feel like it was Jamie really liked uh, Dustin Hoffman. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so I think his recommendation, we both ended up buying Midnight Cowboy on, on Criterion. Um, and I, I did watch it though. And you just haven't. So I'm, so I'm sorry to go off on a tangent. Um, but I'm happy to see the things that are kind of staying the same, like Criterion's still pumping out their monthly releases because we keep getting those emails. Just mm -hmm. a little bit of normalcy. I, I desperately want to get the the Bruce Lee box set. Um, it's going to be like 90 bucks, though, because it's six movies or seven. It's, and half off? I'd say, I don't know if that's the half off price that I was seeing. I Probably not. So if it's half off 90, I will totally pay $45 for the Bruce Lee box set um, in a heartbeat. Uh, oh go ahead i'm we, sorry oh no uh, they like we haven't had like high high quality prints of the bruce lee movies um except for enter the dragon like because they were all like chinese most of them were chinese films um and there's not many and that's uh but it, they're even including the like a bruce i think there was a lot of knockoff actors after bruce lee died that were like bruce lie or it was pronounced bruce lee but it's spelled l-i and i would totally call it bruce lie as a kid because it's like you're a liar yeah. um and so they're like that's they would they made their whole career mimicking bruce lee like his style 
um, never as good, of course, but they, you know, people who were really big fans of the martial art films and specifically Bruce Lee's martial art films fell into these like other things. And so the criterion is supposed to include one or two of those movies as well. Um, that were like the, the top tier, like knockoff Bruce Lee films because he died suddenly and, and, uh, tragically to it. I mean, he went to sleep and never woke up, but uh, like, no, there's like a lot of mystery. There's a whole movie called dragon, the Bruce Lee story. That's, that's about the myth of his death. And then of course, then Brandon Lee dies in a freak accident on the, the cross. And so there's a whole legend about his family being cursed and whatnot. I mean, whether or not you believe in that, but I'm a big Bruce Lee fan. Want that criterion box set. Sorry to, we keep going on tangents instead of ending the episode, but, um, but yeah, agreed. Uh, it is, I don't know how they're still pumping out stuff. Mind you. Um, I don't know if they're like violating policies or if they're putting people at risk, but uh, yeah, they keep sending emails that they're making more criterion. So Corey, where can they find you on the internet? At Corey, our star two R's on the end. And you can follow me at Burke reviews on Twitter, Instagram um, and letterbox. And of course, BurkeReviews.com is where we post these and post our reviews. Uh, Corey is supposed to be doing some album stuff. I'm throwing it out there to make her have to do it. Um, I'm almost done. I oh great. I don't just make lists like like usually when you see like people, it's like just a list. Like here, here's like ten albums. But I like actually try to talk about the albums, and sometimes I have a hard time with that, and I don't feel like I'm a good writer. But that's why it takes me so long. But I am almost done. Yeah, well, I look forward to getting to post that. Um, I'm posting some stuff. Uh, Tribeca is happening right now. Oh, I, I forgot a movie. Uh, I just realized um, I saw a documentary the other night called Through the Night. It's about mm. a 24-hour daycare service in Westchester, New York. What? Um, yeah, because we'll think, like, uh, they, the, well, no, even worse is that people who have to work two or three jobs and have <sighs> kids need somewhere to put their kids and so this daycare is built for that situation it is um it's a really well-made documentary uh i i was really captivated by the central figure um the woman who runs the daycare's name is she goes by nunu um and that's like you know everyone calls her nunu she's very much a grandmotherly figure and man uh it was it was really really good i was really into it um it's so far my favorite thing i've watched from tribeca i did like the 12 hour shift but that was like kind of like b-level comedy crazy stuff happening um hard not to like there's an amazing sequence in that movie but um i haven't i haven't posted all my reviews yet from tribeca but i am uh posting them usually listener um the way it works uh at least from my two years now this is my third year with tribeca although not getting to go to new york this time um but uh usually it's about a year after the movie debuts at Tribeca that you can watch it. Like stuff I saw last year is now just starting to like, like show up on VOD and stuff. Um, crazy movie I saw last year called swallowed. Uh, oh, a lot God. of people are, um, are reviewing and posting on letterbox that they've watched it. It's crazy. Uh, buffaloed is a, a great movie. It was probably my favorite movie I saw last year at Tribeca um, is now on VOD. You can rent. Uh, it was supposed to be in theaters, but you know, that got shut down. Um, there's a couple other movies I've seen surfacing that I saw last year at, at the festival uh, that are getting VOD releases and stuff. And um, my reviews are still out there for that. So if you want to see what's going to happen next year, maybe we'll be able to see them in theaters. 
um you can follow my uh the the website will be posting reviews from tribeca i think there's 21 digital films um that most of which are documentaries or international films uh i haven't i don't know if i'm going to do all 21 i've done three so far um i haven't posted all of them yet but i've i've watched three i'm going to try to watch at least one or two a week and just see how it goes um if i you know maybe i'll get uh compelled to watch a few more but those are all going to be up at burkreviews.com uh, if you like what we're doing, please rate and review us. Sorry we kept dragging this one out, but, you know, sometimes it happens. Um, we'll be back next week to talk about The Sting as we move into Mint in Box. Uh, until next time, stay safe and keep watching movies. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com. <laughs>